we will aim to go beyond how planets, stars, or constellations influence our mortal personality being. We would like to go beyond the 12 eons, or forces of nature, corresponding to the 12 zodiac constellations, and we'd like to try and discover the possibilities brought by a new cosmic age, the possibilities to discover our immortal being and activate its divine spark so we can be touched by a 13th eon, not of this world, like the Christ who washed the feet of his 12 disciples and find again our place in cosmic unity. Hello and welcome wherever you are in the world. Today we share the introductory presentation to our latest public talk. Every month we explore a different aspect of the universal wisdom through a series of weekly webinars on Zoom. For more information about our events, follow the links in the written description below. We hope that our podcast will provide you with food for thought, inspiration for new questions, and impulses in your research for new answers. When we think of ourselves, we tend to identify with our body. However, the physical body is moved and enlivened by several forces a vital energy, the emotions and feelings and thoughts. These are the so-called vital, astral and mental subtle bodies. And they form what we call the mortal human being or mortal personality. It is mortal because after death, all these physical and subtle bodies dissolve and perish. However, every person, every personality is enveloped by an invisible force field existing both before birth and after death. This is an immortal being which is linked to our mortal personality. When we as personality will die, this being will live on and will after a time link to a new personality, just like we inherited this from who knows how many other personalities before us. This sphere, uh, which extends several meters beyond our bodies, shapes our qualities, talents, desires, and fears. We call it our microcosm, as it is like a miniature world for each personality. At the outer edge of this lie magnetic force concentrations, influencing the personality like celestial constellations in our personal universe. However, this little universe is also an integral part of the larger cosmic universe, the macrocosm. And so our personal constellations are affected by the macrocosmic constellations, by what we called previously the 12 eons. Though we inherited a microcosmic reality, we are not aware of it and and even more importantly, aware of its divine possibilities beyond this material plane. The microcosm itself is not conscious of the unity with the all, because it is attuned to the wavelength of this universe. So 
In this way, it cannot access directly and consciously the divine reality, the divine reality that is indeed the origin of the microcosm. However, we do possess a dormant divine potential within us, which is symbolized in our school by a rosebud or divine seed or spirit spark, which awaits activation from the divine field through and with the help of the personality, participate, which can participate in a conscious development referred to as the path of liberation. And when touched by that 13th eon, the rosebud can go through a process of awakening our true divine nature and a renewed consciousness of a microcosm becomes alive once again. The whole universe is going together with humanity through this process of unfoldment of the consciousness. The relationship of microcosms in the macrocosm is, as hermetic teachings tell us, as above, so below, and as below, so above. And in this process of regaining awareness of our microcosm and its divine origin, humanity is going through different eras, each era providing different macrocosmic possibilities of development for the microcosms, different ways for the personality to be successfully prepared for the divine intervention. And we can speak about sidereal years, cycles of about 26,000 years, containing 12 so-called ages, which correspond to the 12 zodiacal signs. A sidereal year is related to the precession of the equinoxes, which is a slow cyclical shift in the orientation of Earth's axis of rotation, this causing the vernal equinox to gradually move westward along the ecliptic and so influencing celestial positions and the timing of astrological ages. Each of these ages then is of about 2160 years and we are now entering the age of Aquarius. Um, a quick overview of the previous ages of humanity. Um, during the age of Taurus, the consciousness, so we, we're just going to focus on the evolution of consciousness. So during Taurus, the age of Taurus, the consciousness, the consciousness which was favored was that of gods above, men below. During the Aries age, uh, the human consciousness is encouraged to be aware of an outer god, out, our outer gods, and finally, one only god. During Pisces, we, humanity has been moving towards devotion and an inner understanding of God, an inner law of love, God moving in the human being. And Aquarius is going to be an era of moving towards universal love, independence and unity, interconnectedness, revelation, breaking away from tradition, thirst for knowledge, to find the human God. But is this going to be an illusion? 
or an inner revolution. Aquarius calls us again in a renewed way to respond to the Gnostic force that lies dormant in the heart of every human being. Uranus, the new ruler of Aquarius, is an important influence in what we call the higher octave of Venus. It opens the heart to the divine and offers love to mankind, a love pointing humanity towards high unity and freedom, a love not of something or someone in particular, but like an all-encompassing radiation from a universal source, a love that seeks to stir within man the pre-memory of a one's eternal origin. While in the Piscean era, humankind was mostly relying on traditions, beliefs, and religious intermediaries, Aquarius brings individuality, freedom, and opportunity to know directly and to develop the so-called wisdom of the heart, the unity, freedom, love. However, as in all ages, man is again faced with two types of transformation either a horizontal evolution on the level of the I personality or a vertical transformation on the level of our immortal being. So the question remains, friends, evolution or inner revolution? How do we respond, dear friends, to what the age of Aquarius offers us? At the start of the new calendar year, we might reflect on the old year as we bid it farewell. We may have hopes, perhaps, for some improvements in our life situation and possibly mankind's circumstances too. So both individually and collectively. We will now hear a poetic reflection. Ring out, wild bells, to the wild sky. The yay is dying in the night. Ring out, wild bells, and let him die. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring out the false, ring in the true. Ring out the feud of rich and poor. Ring in redress to all mankind. Ring out false pride in place and blood. The civic slander and the spite. Ring in the love of truth and right. Ring in the common love of good. Ring out the narrowing lust of gold. Ring out the thousand woes of old. Ring in the thousand years of peace. Ring in the valiant man and free. The larger heart, the kindlier hand. Ring out the darkness of the land. Ring in the Christ that is to be. This poem, friends, comes from Alfred 
Lord Tennyson. New Year's Eve is marked with fireworks today, but previously the older custom of the ringing of church bells was common. In Alfred Lord Tennyson's poem of 1850, Ring Out Wild Bells, it, it attempts to capture something of his sentiments of hope for a better future for mankind. With his poetic response, he shares his observations on the negative human relations caused by the profound and dramatic changes taking place socially, economically, and environmentally. As a product of the Age of Enlightenment, scientific experimentation and knowledge developed and created new practices. This brought the wave of effects caused by this first industrial revolution with its mechanically powered technology. However, there were consequences for people themselves and owing to the exploitative conditions experienced by many during those times, Tennyson has identified what he sees as many of the negatives to be got rid of so that the positives can prevail. Today, we ourselves know that since Tennyson's lifetime across almost the entire world, there has been more successive waves in the technological revolution produced for mankind. Much like Tennyson, we might also observe a lowering in the quality of human interactions and relationships as a product of using our recently developed digital technology. The pervasiveness of the internet, social media usage, invasive personal data collection, etc. This has had astral effects and in the coming development, artificial intelligence, this will affect the mental faculty. And so it continues that, just like Tennyson in his day, we are appreciating that it is necessary to find a balance, knowing how technology brings some benefits, both for the individual and the world, but also the side effects for humankind of dubious methods, practices, and habits. Self-improvement is the attempt to undertake a personal evolution of the personality, encouraged by a sense that this will allow us to cope better with an ever more disrupted world. We try to access different practices that were previously unexperienced or unattainable, and as a means to enhance our peace of mind or bodily health. Or we want opportunities for developing new skills that will broaden our personal, social, or economic capacity. When making New Year's resolutions, many people have good intentions. However, in practice, these plans can appear to be pointless because of the yawning gap between our intentions and our behavior. An intention can quickly and easily change. Each of us, as an individual being, is an integral yet individual part of the universal consciousness. Yet, we struggle to lead our lives in ways that takes this into account. 
so we are merely adjusting our relationship or experience of the fleeting material conditions of life as our way of attempting to improve the individual consciousness. But this will always be subject to a reversal. On its cosmic journey, our sun must go through all 12 of the zodiacal constellations to complete its solar year of some 26,000 Earth years. Our solar system, planet Earth, and all human beings are guided in their development by the forces of the zodiac. Each zodiac brings to bear its particular but inevitable influences on our consciousness. Not only for the mundane changes of the individual personality, but for humankind in general. The 12 forces of the zodiac are the highest instance of our world of duality. They govern and regulate everything that exists on our planet. There is a universal plan behind all of this. Tennyson describes the ringing bells as sounding out to the wild sky and perhaps invokes intervention from the influence of the zodiacal constellations. This poem represents an energetic cry for human beings to dispense with destructive ideologies and beliefs that lead to destructive actions across the board, as experienced in his day. As planet Earth now transitions away from the influences of Pisces, to use a metaphor in the poem, the consciousness as expressed as the old man, this then is a transition away from an age that ultimately crystallized in personality consciousness into blind faith. As a result, it is now necessary to experience the renewing forces of the Aquarian age. This contrast will create more appropriate conditions for stimulating the human consciousness to realize its potential. For some, this is going to allow an actual and first-hand knowing of spirituality. Therefore, as a living knowledge of inner spiritual truth. Tennyson's last line of the poem sees the return of the Christ being as the solution for the negativity in mankind's behavior. Indeed, during the evolutionary process of Aquarius and through mankind's intelligent cooperation, it offers possibilities for mankind to have a fresh break with those identified negative social circumstances. Yet the perennial Gnostic philosophy proposed in the approach of the Golden Rosy Cross emphasizes the need for an inner spiritual renewal. An improved situation of change must first take place within the individual consciousness of the human beings through a process of connection to the Christ force within. Therefore, an inner self-revolution becomes self-initiating process in our broader relationship with the microcosm, cosmos, and macrocosm. Also, it is within the context that we would form an altogether different relationship to those around us and also the rest of mankind in general. To help us on our inner discovery to understand and practice the journey referred to 
in the perennial Gnostic precepts, we have the ancient words of assurance from Hermes Trismegistus in the wisdom of the Emerald Tablet. The following extract clearly summons us to expand our perception and embrace a wider vista. True without falsehood, certain, most certain, what is above is like below, and what is below like that which is above, to make the miracle of the one thing, as all things were made from contemplation of one. So all things were born from one adaption. Thus was created the world. This passage unveils the concept of the infinite continuum that transcends the mundane, a realm where the dichotomy of above and below merges into a singular unbounded expanse. The similarity between the celestial and the terrestrial realms establishes an internal continuum, much like a drop of water that is part of and makes up the body of water in an ocean. There are many layers of vibrational fields that are reduced to smaller forms of the galactic, solar, planetary, human, animal, plant, and natural kingdoms of the earth. All are groupings of collective consciousness fields that uniquely vibrate and that interconnect to, into the overall universal consciousness vibration. The hermetic natural law of vibration describes the principle that everything is in constant motion and that nothing rests. So individually and collectively, we make up a portion of the vibration energy of the whole of the universal consciousness. This is not limited to this nature order of time and space. Humanity and everything else within our universe is our most basic form, in our most basic form, exist as a unique arrangement of vibrational frequency that was originally generated from the central and original source. What is important to understand is that all that exists, whether seen or unseen, broken down into its simplest and most basic form, all consists of a rate of frequency. If the rate of, the rate of consciousness energy vibration falls below or rises above a certain intensity, it becomes immeasurable or invisible to the basic human senses. This means it is beyond the capacity of the five basic senses, such as frequency rates outside the visible light spectrum. That doesn't mean that vibration or frequency doesn't exist because you cannot sense it. So how could we minimize the zodiacal influences controlling our microcosm for an increase in our own level of consciousness energy? The School of the Golden Rose Cross proposes that through enough dedication, we could also consciously receive the necessary inner spiritual guidance through an inner self-revolution. The Gnostic light powers access to the rose of the heart can then transform both our state of life and our state of consciousness. 
And that would be an admission that there does indeed exist a path of liberation leading us out of the material plane with its revolving cycle of reincarnations through the gnosis of fulfillment. And so, in that way, accepting Christ's return. So friends, since we mentioned uh, the Christ's return, let's try to go a bit deeper into what we mean by that. Uh, by now you will have understood that we are not speaking about the historical figure here. And we're speaking, we're speaking about a, both a state of consciousness, which is mostly unknown to us, but uh, which we are all called, each one of us, to unveil within ourselves. But also a vibrational state which is outside, completely outside the canons of what we currently experience with our limited five senses in our reality, in our life. And yet millions of peoples are searching. They're searching in their lives for meaning. They're searching for, uh, for something that perhaps they cannot uh, put a name on. Uh, some of us put the name as uh, religion, others as uh, you know politics or whatever it is. But uh, behind and beyond all that, there is a deeper search. There is a, perhaps a restlessness, uh, something deep inside that is also influenced by the vibrations of Aquarius. And so what are we actually looking for? What are we searching? What are we seeking? We've said that this is deep inside, but so how are we seeking for that? Are we looking for outer values? Are we looking to solve our problems you know in our community or you know move a bit on the right or move a bit on the left you know just to to make uh, peace with each other until next uh, you know until tomorrow or next week or are we trying to you know cut a bit our emo emissions to, to solve climate change or so on we propose that we need to go deep within ourselves friends all the problems have their solutions within ourselves. And so dig deep. Achieve self-knowledge. And we mentioned that knowledge through experience is one of the marks of the Aquarian human being. Well then, know yourself, friends. And we're not inviting here on a trip to the Himalaya or to a far land you know, as appealing as it might sound. Now, the path that we are talking about is an inner path. It's the most difficult path. And so observe yourself, your reactions, your actions. Observe what informs your decisions day by day, how you relate to other people, to a situations, what influences and moves your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings. Go as deep as you can within yourself and open yourself to a different type of force, to a new force, a new vibration that is in you. Just uh, you need to allow it to express itself through you. And that force we call Gnosis, the true knowledge within. And that is an aspect of the divinity within you. And it is what will allow you to engage 
with a true inner change, that inner revolution that we are talking about. So if we mean if we manage to connect with this force, and friends, this is not a force that is a part of our lower nature, of our lower consciousness, and is not part of our system of life, yeah, our paradigm within the limitations of the five senses. However, once we recognize it, once we we find this true inner longing, which we could call a pre-memory, a memory of something that was before even our life, well, then the potential of the wholeness of consciousness can start coming out from ourselves. And we can start to realize that we can allow a spiritual path of transformation, transformation of what? Of our ego consciousness, of our limited I consciousness that keeps us trapped where we are and keeps us going in cycles again and again and again. But there is a way out. So friends, we go back to the chart that we presented earlier of the four eras. But this time we would like to highlight again the last column of this chart because these, um, these cycles that uh, humanity as a whole goes through many different ages, well, we need to go through it in ourselves as well. And so let's, let's see the gods that govern our life, the forces and the influences that spring from our subconscious and the manifest outside in our existence. And let go of the illusion that a higher authority or a God outside of ourselves or they or whoever it is, the law, create, can create or solve our problems. No, they, as we said, they are within ourselves. So let's unmask and let go of the illusions on which we have built our life, the dogmas that we have created for ourselves and the property we, we impose on others as well. And you know, we can leave behind the constant judgment of ourselves and of others. We can shift the focus of our consciousness to that inner force, that inner energy that sparks that one spark of the spirit in us. And we call it the spirit spark. That is the beginning of the Christ consciousness. And so, yes, we can become free human beings, not the illusory freedom of the I of the I am these, I am that, I'm great. No, we can find liberation from the ego and all the suffering that comes from it through and by the complete transformation of the human consciousness into a Christ, into a cosmic consciousness. And uh, dear friends, this is perhaps an incomplete description of the path proposed by the Golden Rose Cross. Uh, and maybe you have a question, how can we put this into practice? How do the pupils of the Golden Rose Cross do this? And so, well, we don't have a formula for you. We don't have a recipe, for there is no such thing. We would uh, invite, because otherwise we would be inviting you to take us as an authority. Whereas the formula is within yourselves. However, there are elements on the path and of the path that we think it's important maybe to share with you and that we can discuss also in our open exchange. And uh, we see here four elements which are part of the symbol of the Golden Rosy Cross and have different levels 
of uh, perhaps understanding a manifestation. First, there is that uh, point in the middle. That's the spirit spark in yourself. The triangle, so the free fall consciousness, our heart, our head, and our life, what we call sanctuaries, centers of consciousness. The fourfold personality, we've spoken about the material body, an etheric, an astral reality, and a mental body. And then the totality of our microcosm, our force field that we live in and that possibly we are unaware of. Now, these elements are also elements of the path. And each one links to a certain step. First, self-knowledge, which we invited you already to, to take a step into. Following self-knowledge, there needs to be a purification, a preparation. And this is a work that we do in our own consciousness by revolving the consciousness towards that spirit spark, so away from the ego. First step is the transformation, receiving the four holy foods, different types of energies that enter our system and transform it. And finally, transfiguration, which is the complete uh, restructuring of the whole microcosm and then the rebirth of div the divine human being. And we receive, we receive help on this path. First and foremost, from the force in our heart, the spirit spark atom, but also from the spiritual school, which is a threefold initiatory school. Not because somebody from outside initiates you, but because it gives you the tools to go deep within yourself in a self-initiation process. Then there is the one brotherhood, the one community of the souls, brotherhood of love, of light. And this provides the atmospheric conditions, the one temple to which the school and its pupils connect in their reflections, in their activities. And fourthly, the Christ force, which pervades, touches and nourishes the all. And this is a cosmic force, it's not just a, a level of consciousness. So we see here 12 elements which can constitute a new zodiac. Uh, but these 12 are out of the 13 eon that we've spoken about. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you wish to support us in reaching more people, like our posts, rate us with 5 stars on iTunes, Leave a positive comment where you can or share our content on your social media.